0: Hi, I'm Phil Newman and welcome to the Impact Online podcast. We are so glad you're here. How are you everybody? I am a little emotional because it's been a long time, but my mind this morning went back to sitting in a cafe with Pastor Ian and Pastor Yvonne many, many years ago where the dream for this place was birthed Then. I remember that conversation in a cafe that doesn't even exist anymore. That's how long ago that was. And it was a great time. But then I remembered that I got to play a big part in your pastor's wedding, Phil and Tamia's wedding. And then I remember praying with them and standing with them and believing for God to to, to give them a child. And And then I left and I haven't been back and I came here and there's a gorgeous little girl running up to me. I, thought, I think she thought I was Father Christmas. But, you know, uh, um, she's been by my side the whole time I've been here. And uh, it's really good when you do life with people and you don't just turn up to do your gig. And so I'm not here to do a gig this morning, but I'm here to do two things this morning. I want to share my personal testimony as an encouragement to you of what's happened over the last five years. But if we got time, if not, we'll do it tonight. But I wanna share what I believe God is saying to the body of Christ right now. As some may think the church is under enormous attack, and it is, but it's the greatest day for the church because the enemy has an oops factor. He oversteps his mark and goes, oops, shouldn't have done that. And I believe we're stepping into something that is so supernatural, so powerful, so natural, so real, that the most of the people that are coming to faith in the next 10 years, and I'm prophesying right now, are not going to be transfer growth, people coming because they're upset at another church, but people coming in outside of God, coming in, don't know nothing about God, and they're going to encounter conversions that are going to be transformative in their lives. Do you believe that? Fantastic. Yes, so um, I guess the last 10 years, I handed our church over, it was 10 years ago now, I felt God told me to hand the church over and we handed the church over, not knowing what we were gonna do, stepping out by faith, no longer on a set salary. And it really was a panic moment, for just for a moment. My wife Sharon said, are you sure this is God? I said, I, I know it is. And then she felt it was, and I wasn't ready for what was about to happen. And so in the last 10 years, the majority of our time, we're pastoring pastors and leaders We're spending time being mum and dad to leaders. And the amazing thing, friends, is that in 2015, in December, I had a man called Rick Shelton in our home, a wonderful man of God. And he was coming in from prayer. I've never met a man of God that preached as a guest speaker. And at the end of the night, he would go for an hour's walk to thank God for using him that day. He'd go for a prayer after he preached in thanksgiving to God. And he came in about 11 o'clock at night. I thought he'd got lost because I was staying with us. And I go, he's gone missing. And about 11 o'clock, he walks in. He goes, I need to pray for you. God's given me a word and he laid hands on me. December 2015, he said, three days from now. Now that's pretty accurate. Three days from now, your phone is gonna start ringing and it's not gonna stop for the rest of your life of young men and women asking you to be their dad. I go, really? Three days to the day, I got my first phone call from a pastor here in New South Wales I'd never met. A young man in his 30s, he goes, go, Pastor Danny, I was in prayer and I felt to ring you and ask you, would you father me? And I go, I can't believe this, this is amazing. December 215 and January 216 on the 22nd, my eldest son gets killed. Try to get your head around that. My son who was a pastor, a youth pastor and I've shared that story here before so I'm not going to take a long time on that today but can I be honest and say that was seven years ago it still hurts like heck it hurts like heck every day to watch his son now who was 14 when his dad died and I read to you the poem that he wrote when his dad died he's 21 now serving in church with pastor David Hall on team and watching my granddaughter who's 19 and and she's just written a book, it's on Amazon, I'm not doing an ad, but called Waves and it's poems of how she handled her father's passing. And the two younger one, all in the house of God, all serving God, Not blaming God, but still saying, God, you are all good. You are all just and we're going to follow you and serve you. And friends, as a grandfather, you imagine the the, the mixed emotions of great joy to see this happening and the great pain that their dad's not here to see. it. You're going to be a father to many, but I'll lose my own son. And I remember telling the devil back then, whatever comes my way from wherever it comes from that's negative, I'm not going to waste my pain. I'm gonna use my pain to bless others. I'm gonna use the tears that I've cried to be a refreshing for others. And I wanna tell you 10 years or seven years since that passing, I never thought I would pray for over 2,000 people that have lost their children. I never thought that I would experience what I would experience. And so life has been exciting, mixed emotions, sad, but God has been in it all. And I wanna encourage you with my own story today, not to boast but to tell you if God can do it for me, He can do it for you. We are getting older and so in Adelaide, I'm based at a church called Life Adelaide and I've went there for a year and I've been there three years helping out the church and now my job on Sundays when I preach is to start with dad jokes. I think It's part of my anointing now. The trouble is I'm getting so old now I can't remember whether I told that joke last week and am I repeating the same joke, you know? So if you, see me taking, talking, if you see me talking to myself, just move along. I'm self-employed, we're just having a staff meeting. Not that funny, really. To all the young ladies in the house that are looking for a young guy, I wanna tell you this. If he doesn't like your fruit jokes, then you gotta let that man go. Oh. so sorry, so bad. So I'm getting nervous now because I don't know if they're going to work or not, you know, but um, there you go, there you go. But 2016, Chris went to heaven. 2017, I had major bowel surgery and they thought it was cancer, but it was a benign tumour. But after operating, I went into complications. And so it was quite a six month journey of constant medical attention We get to 2018 and I'm in New Zealand and I am traveling around New Zealand for three weeks and I'm speaking a theme on, are you living from eternity? And I was preaching on eternity and the importance of living from eternity, not just living for eternity. And I arrive home after three weeks as I get off the plane, I'm walking up the the, sort of the ramp and I collapsed at the top of the ramps. My daughter never comes to pick me up at that particular day. She felt to come to the gate and meet me at the gate. And she had to help me sort of stagger outside. I thought I was having a heart attack. And within three days, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And they couldn't find it for a while. Uh, It was in my bone marrow. It ended up affecting my blood. My hemoglobin had dropped so bad but I actually got to the stage where I couldn't walk and my wife would have to help me uh, stagger to the bathroom because I could hardly walk. They put me in hospital, but they couldn't start treating me because I was losing so much blood. So I had blood transfusion after blood transfusion after blood transfusion before they could start chemotherapy. And so I remember the day when the doctor comes in and sits down, my wife is sitting there. I've been to every hospital in Adelaide, the food is bad in all of them. And uh, you know, I'm sitting there in this hospital, Sharon's sitting next to me. And he said, we've got good news is we found your problem. Bad news is you've got cancer. And for a few moments, I gotta be honest, it was a bit of a stun, it was like, wow how much more can we handle Like, And I started thinking to my grandkids and I thought if I get taken out, there's another death in the family. And I started going through all those emotions. But within about 15 to 20 minutes and Sharon was still sitting there, I started bawling my eyes out. And Sharon said, are you okay? I said, Sharon, I can't describe to you this peace that I'm feeling right now. I'm experiencing a peace that I cannot describe It's very, very deep. I can't put words to it. And as I sat there, I go, I'm good. Whatever, I'm good. I absolutely discovered the greatest meaning of faith, in my opinion. The greatest meaning of faith is just trust. I trust God. I don't know how to pray i don't know what to say right now i don't know what to do i thought we'd suffered enough i thought we'd been through enough tests and now we're in this spot and i'm having incredible sense of peace within a short time after sharon left i can't describe this next one i felt that god was present now you know as pentecostal christians We sometimes think, did you feel the presence of God in the meeting? And I believe in feeling it. I believe in the anointing. But there's a deeper thing when you can't put words to it, but you know He's there. I had His peace, but I also knew He was present. But the next step I wasn't ready for, and that was His purpose never left my life. And I realized very, very quickly that my purpose is not a pulpit, but every believer has a purpose and a platform. And I realized that God gives us all a platform to live out His purpose. And my purpose was to speak Jesus, but I didn't have a pulpit. And so a nurse comes in and there's a Bible next to me, right next to my bed on the, the tray where they bring the food. And she goes, you don't still believe in that, do you? She'd heard about us losing our son through another nurse that knew us. I said, yes, I do. I said, do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe in, 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 in eternity? And she goes, is that the Easter story? I said, well, it is. And as I began to talk to her, she said, so you're telling me there's a life after this one that's real? And I said, absolutely. She started by walking in the room and saying this, what's the aura in this room? She could literally feel something was in the room. And as I began to talk to her, she goes, if you'd have told me that your Jesus would fix everything in my life, I would have punched you. My husband left me. and Last year, my brother died of cancer. But if you tell me that there's something beyond here, I think I could get hold of that. I started to share the gospel with her. I didn't have a microphone. I didn't have a pulpit, but I had a platform. And as I started sharing with her, she looked at me, she goes, can I give you a hug? And she walks over to the bed and I'm all wired up and she hugs me. She's crying, I'm crying. The next day, they bring in my food. Guy comes in with a tray with food. He goes, are you Pastor Danny? And I go, yeah, I am. He goes, I used to be in your youth group 25 years ago, 30 years ago, I walked away from God. My life is so effed up, he's swearing away. I'm addicted to everything. I'm addicted to porn, I'm addicted to this. I mean, you haven't seen me for 30 years. You're bringing me my dinner and I'm there all wired up and you're pouring out your life. He goes, is there hope for me? I said, "Let's pray. And I started ministering to that guy. One of my doctors comes in and sits by me by the bed and he says, you know, Danny, I just lost my dad. My mum lives overseas, I've got to go and see her. You lost your son. He wasn't a Christian. He said, did your God warn you that he was going to die? And I began to share our story with him. He said, will you pray with me that I'll have the words to speak to my mum when I go home overseas? And all of a sudden I realised I didn't get to church for nine months because I was so sick having treatment. And I realised that God's peace God being present and His purpose never leaves our lives if we're walking with Jesus. And it's like, I love the church. I give my life to see the church built and hear me out. I'll I'll clarify it as we go. But I want to say this. God is looking for a people that wherever we go, we know that His peace is with us. He's present with us and His purpose is in our lives. So I'm at St. Andrew's Hospital. The guys know this hospital. I get a phone call from a pastor in Zurich. He says to me, Danny, last year we were invited you to come, but you had cancer and uh, we still feel you should come and speak at our youth convention, about 4,000 young people in Zurich. And I, uh, I want you to come now. And I said, I'm in hospital. He goes, how come? I said, I'm, I've had post chemo issues and now I'm having immunotherapy and I've also got a viral infection. He goes, but we still feel you should come. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, you should go. Now listen, two days to Zurich, I'm in hospital and I tell my wife and she goes, you're nuts. My daughter says to me, dad, don't do this. I said, I don't know why, but I feel I have to do this. I got unplugged and released from hospital Thursday and flew out Friday. My wife had booked to come and get me if something went wrong. I arrive in Zurich. I get met. I'm so sick on the plane. They had a nurse helping me on the plane. I arrive in Zurich. I get met at the airport by all these pastors that are crying. I said, are you guys all right? I'd never met them before. They go, Pastor Danny, you're not going to believe it. As you were flying to Zurich, our worship pastor dropped dead. Thirty-six years of age, and just died. She was going to be—it's the first death we've had in our community. We've got a young church. We don't know how to handle grief. You lost your son. Forget what you were going to preach on, and could you navigate us through our grief? And all of a sudden, I knew why I had to go. Two days, come home, back into hospital. I'm back in St. Andrew's Hospital. I get a phone call by a pastor called Tark Barner in New Zealand. He said, God's told me that you need to speak for our conference in New Zealand, but I know you're in hospital. So could you record a message for us? Sharon's sitting next to me. I go, I've only got my pyjamas. I'm going, what am I going to do here? And he goes, oh, look, just top up, you know, middle up, you know. So Sharon went home and got me some jeans, came back. And they said to me, you can have the chapel. You can lock it up and you can have the chapel. When I walked into that chapel, it was identical to John Wesley's chapel in England, where a few years before I'd stood in that chapel in England and held the podium and said to God, God, do it again. God, do it again. God, do it again. A man who started the Methodist church and my ministry is called Pattern Method. Same thing. And I'm there and I'm going, wow, this is just like his chapel. I've got a cameraman and me and no one in the room. I start to preach and the anointing hits the room. The cameraman starts crying. I start crying. And I'm preaching and prophesying down the camera to these pastors that are meeting in Christchurch the next day or two, the next couple of days to have this conference. And I'm prophesying things are about to happen and you need to stay strong. And two days after I recorded that message, the Christchurch massacre happened. So they cancelled the conference. Now I'm confused. Did you know, ladies and gentlemen, that the will of God's never ABCD? Sometimes it's A-N-O-P-Q all over the flippin' shop. And you think, what is going on? I thought there was an anointing in the room. I thought I prophesied. And now the whole thing's cancelled. Maybe I've never heard from God. Maybe this is all, and I started to really get tossed. But I just trusted God and let it go. And About five weeks later, I get a text during the conference in Christchurch. One of my pastor friends is we're watching you speak on the screen as the first message of the conference. And everything you said in your message wouldn't have made sense before the uh, thing that happened. It wouldn't have made any sense. But after the massacre, it all made sense. I thought, God can be trusted friends. He's awesome. He's incredible. And so as way of testimony, uh, I remember a guy from Sydney rings me up after I got back from Zurich. And he says, why didn't God heal you while you're so sick? I was literally preaching in Zurich and off to a medical clinic to have an infusion to come back and preach the next message going backwards and forwards. He goes, surely God could have healed you. You were doing His work. And I said, you know, anyone can preach when they're well. It takes something else to do it out of your emptiness. Do it out of your nothingness. The next morning in my devotions, I'm reading Galatians. And Paul says to the Galatians, I'm so glad when I brought you the good news, you didn't reject me because I was sick. The next day, Don't tell me God isn't real, friends. These are not coincidences. And I realize that even at our weakest, we can live out our purpose. Even at our weakest, we can live out our purpose and we can have Him present and we can carry His peace. And I believe that uh, God gave me, or I know God gave me so many scriptures, but this one that you probably all know transformed me in my cancer journey, in the whole journey. James chapter 1, you may know it so well, verse 2, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect Complete, needing nothing. At the cost of sounding self-serving this morning, my faith has been tested. My endurance has grown. And I do feel content, needing nothing. I actually don't care if I never preach again. I just don't care. Because I don't have a ministry. You don't have a ministry. We are ministry. Wherever we go, we're ministry. The minute we walk out the store, we're ministry. Wherever I go, I'm ministry. And I actually said to God, I don't care if I stand on a stage. All I wanna know that I'm still living my purpose, my God shape that you put me on the planet. Thanks for listening to our Impact Online podcast. We release a new episode every week and you can access all our podcasts, videos via our website. Visit impactchurch.me for lots of extra resource. We'll see you next time at Impact Online.